Corpus and I'm Ellie Posadas and, and we, we are, are the Tita Collective, <laughs> one half of the Tita Collective. That always that gets better every time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> beautiful. Oh, it's a beautiful day, and um, we're really excited because we have here, uh, you know her as the amazing decolonial black lock on Instagram. We've got Aina as our guest today. Woo! Woo! Hello, <laughs> thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to meet you all and be here and share space with you guys. Yeah, we're Yay. so excited. We're so, so, so excited. And, and <laughs> quite intimidated. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh, I am the most, I swear I am the most regular, dorky, nerdy person there is. I was just watching Magic School Bus a few hours ago. Yes. So, <laughs> if hey. that can like, that just that. made you cooler to me. I know. I was like, wow. <laughs> Science. <laughs> we're all oh. actors and theater people, so we're also just all nerds. Yeah. Totally. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, like a, a little bit about us just to provide context for the conversation is uh, we're, we're the Tita Collective, uh, as you know from our intro. Um, and yeah. And today we're going to talk about mostly like arts and activism and being Filipinas and trying to um, uh, share political views or trying to educate through the arts. And yeah. So uh, first question. Uh, well, like, actually, like, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your background and how Decolonial Vilekla came about? Sure. So, yeah, my name is Aina, as you know, and right now I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm actually from California, um, where, you know, a lot of Filipinos are, <laughs> too. Um, so, yeah, but I've been here for, I've been on the East Coast for a few years now. Um, I'm an organizer and an artist, and like Alia mentioned, um, Colonial Black Lock is my Instagram where I share like my graphic design stuff and um, you know my graphic design stuff in relation to like rad and revolutionary politics um, and I actually am a lawyer which is kind of weird um, I graduated law school in 2019 and then I came to the end of it like I don't want to do it anymore I knew I wanted to continue being an advocate so that's why I'm doing organizing instead and still actually trying to figure out like what else do I do with my degree so but art has always been really important to me so that's why I do what I do. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask like so can you tell me a little bit more about like revolutionary and radical politics like what does that entail? Yeah so well, when I say like revolutionary radical politics, I like want to note like what I've learned and what I follow is specifically like radical black traditions. So I think about the Black Panthers, I think about Angela Davis, I think about Asada Shakur um, and what it means to not only, you know, seek reforms in government that we see in front of us today, but how do we actually not just destroy what's it like you know all this all the systems of oppression but like to create something new where all people are welcomed and are allowed to live not just live and exist but thrive um so also like abolitionist politics is also really important to me so i think of like mariam kaba um and so many other abolition angela davis being one of them so i feel like yeah when i i guess to summit all up. I am interested in building a world that we might not see today, but where everyone is free from oppression and though you know and is liberated to be their whole self. So <laughs> that's amazing. Um yeah and, and we're here to talk about art as well. Like so how what role does art play in that then? Yeah I 
oh man, like, <laughs> I feel like, so yeah, even this morning, thinking ahead to this podcast, I was like reading up on like women artists that I, that are like, I look up to. Faith Ringgold is one of them. Um, she does, oh, she's a multidisciplinary artist and does everything from like painting to quilts, but she even did like posters for the Black Panther Party in New York. Um, and she describes like the role of the artist as someone who needs to document what's going on around them, you know, and I think especially when I think of artists who have, who, you know, have marginalized identities or experience the world in a different way than like a cishet white man does. Um, it's important for people to know, like, this is what my experience is. Like, this is what I have to deal with on a daily basis and it's not right. Um, like, with that kind of narrative and like that kind of perspective being shared by artists, it draws the conversation back to like, listen to me. Like, this is something you need to listen to, especially for like indigenous artists, black artists, brown artists, Filipino artists. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I think also aside from like documenting what's happening, also artists who create a new vision for what's possible. So it, the artist is like, it's, Art cannot just exist as something pretty, but something that can reflect people and also a world that we can live in. Mm. Yeah. I yeah, this reminds yeah, this reminds me of like your your Instagram, who like Belinda actually shared it with me uh during mm -hmm. um all of that stuff uh like in May and June when like the Black Lives Matter um movement was like particularly strong this year, right? Um, yeah, Belinda, like, why don't you talk a little bit about, like, that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, it's, it's funny, too, because I think we were passing around your handle around, because I, I got, I got it from Aww. Ellie, yeah. and so there was, there was that, so it was, it was <laughs> like, this. seeing, like, a, a Filipina, like, like, articulate and distill these thoughts in a very simple and accessible way, and simple doesn't mean, like, like, it's not intellectual it was so intellectual it was just like like there. all these ideas it's there you know yeah. like you don't need to search for it because mm -hmm. i think that's the thing too is is the accessibility to to radical ideology and revolutionary ide ideology a lot of the time too for for people who didn't grow up with that or, or aren't aware it's it can be very exhausting to like decipher the language or like it, it can be it's become so academic that it's like oh like I feel yeah. just overwhelmed reading through these essays and sure. and to have it distilled through through like a square and say like this is what what these these people have been saying these movements have been saying for years mm -hmm. and it's our responsibility to continue the movement and to support them like I, I thought that was just so um, it's it's very significant for us, you know, yeah, especially for sure. like for Filipinos and, and being artists and 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 I think what we do as artists too, even as just as Filipinos, we try to break down the 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 stereotypes of we're we're passive, we're we can't stand up for ourselves, we're not assertive, and and then to see your work, it was like oh here, it's just so unapologetic, it's so loud, mm -hmm. and, and, but but in a way that's that's um, accessible and it. Yeah, I was sharing it around with my siblings too, and they're like, "Well, that's cool." My, yeah. I have a brother who's like eighteen, and a sister who's who's twenty-two. So they're right in that that generation. That's you know they are gonna they're taking the torch already. They've been taking the torch already for sure, and continuing this work. So for them to to remember the legacy of those those uh, activists is so important. So yes, yeah. and you know like one of the reasons why I was so drawn to it was because um, at that time, you know, you, you're hit with so much different information. And like going back to what Belinda said about how, uh, you know, like accessibility and how, and how I was brought up, my parents weren't, weren't able to give me that information or prioritize that, you know, you know, that education of, of politics and stuff. And so I, I grew up with a lot of shame and I still do just in regards to you know what i know and what i don't know and and absorbing all that information it, it takes me a little bit longer um to understand certain things terms what's going on um and so when i came across your page it was something that was so accessible and tangible and something that i could you know it it kind of it articulated it in a way that i could see and um 
I thought that was like a really beautiful thing. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, 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 really great to, to come across all of that information. And, you know, it really did, you know, stand up, stand out amongst everything else that was going on because I really wanted to um, share my stance and, and, you know, talk about this and have conversations about it. But it, it's so hard to, you know, start up those conversations sometimes uh, because you don't know where to start. It's intimidating. It's very, very intimidating. I have to be honest, like even yesterday I was having a conversation with my friends about this. And I was talking about, you know, we're, we're recording a really important podcast tomorrow with someone who I'm very intimidated by. I'm like, I should really brush up on some knowledge and like make, take notes and stuff like that and, and, and whatever. And, and it really, you know, really brought to mind that like, first of all, I have to be really tender and kind to myself because mm-hmm. we're all coming from different perspectives. And that's what I think is so great about the Tita Collective is that we can talk about certain things and, and keep keep different perspectives in mind and so I kind of came to the realization that like yeah maybe I don't know what this means or um, when I was in school uh, you know I I didn't understand the importance of this but this having this perspective of of being an adult and learning about politics and you know social justice issues right now is is important because we also want to create an open space a, a safe space for people to to talk about it in a language that they understand and they know and so coming across the de- colonial balaklak it was like oh there it is there it is i see it i understand it i can share it um i felt more confident also i'm sure that it brings out a lot of confidence for people to to talk about stuff especially when they can identify with the creator you know because you are a filipino woman and you know it's really great to to learn those things and it's like wow this is someone who really i can i can identify with and i don't feel stupid you know because i think that's really important to talk about too is sometimes it can make you feel like inadequate and just like in the dark about a lot of things and so that's like shame 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 but i think that it's it's a great way to like um welcome people um into the conversation yeah so the other thing too is like like exactly like having that language and that education like and um and with people being more aware of of social issues and and politics through um accessible media it's like it, it also encourages them to participate. So one thing like for this US elections is like that really for me was really inspiring. And sometimes I think like in the past four years, it started to really feel like that no matter what you do, you can't really change the world. Do you know what I mean? Like it, there, there, I, there were points where I was like, this is actually how I feel. And this story kind of like just sort of gave me hope again, like Stacey Abrams, who like, mm-hmm. uh, who was a politician in Georgia, like uh, basically registered 800,000 voters and over the last three years worked to like educate, make sure people were registered, make sure people, you know, had access. Um, and, and she changed, she changed the world. Like Georgia is like a historically red, like a Republican voting state. And then and then it was like a battleground seat for this these elections and like Biden actually led. And that for me, and it, and it was such a positive, wholesome thing because it really feels like every little thing we do uh, matters and like uh, working really hard to make sure people are educated and make, mm-hmm. making sure people are aware and empowering them to participate matters. And I think this is sort of like where, where work like yours and like work like, you know, like, uh, where artists, uh, especially on social media, where, uh, where we can really thrive and contribute, you know? Um, so yeah. So like, for me, like, I'm feeling so hopeful today. Like, <laughs> like the sun is out, the world's good. Yeah. Like one of the things that, like you said, you know, I do also have those moments where it's like, what, the, what does my action matter? I'm just a tiny, tiny person in the universe. But like thinking of like Stacey Abrams, right? Like you said, like she is one person who, was able to draw attention for like with her like governor election. People paid attention because people are like, wait a minute, like that election was stolen from her. But I also want to acknowledge like 
not only was it Stacey Abrams, but it's also so many community organizers who are also Black women Mm -hmm. have been organizing in Georgia for so long. And it's like, it truly is like, when I think of like revolution, it's not even just one person. It's when individuals collectively do like small, small actions together can change something as big as like turning Georgia blue. So I totally agree. It's like everyone, small actions by each person can make a huge impact. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it's, and yeah. And just seeing it make an impact, just seeing it sometimes like just seeing it's funny. That's how I think I take for granted how impactful art really is like, because it reflects Mm -hmm. the world as you mentioned, um, seeing it has like lit, like it's, lit a fire it has lit and oh my gosh what's english <laughs> lit a, oh, it, lit, it lit a fire it lit a fire it literally did light a fire in me and uh and the small actions small actions also includes talking to your family <laughs> right and that's one thing that's one thing that's really hard that's one thing that's really hard i think for me anyway like uh, as a filipina um there, there was almost like growing up when I was younger, like there was almost sort of like a rule in my head where I'm like, you don't talk politics with your family. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't. And, uh, and, or I couldn't talk about ideas or concepts. And, and in my brain, I'm like, this is for like mental health reasons. Like this is a boundary that I'm drawing because like any, those, any type of conversations like that uh, always ended up being very like uh, emotional and, and difficult, but what I'm learning is, okay, so like in during these US, US elections, a lot of my family is American and uh, I never, ever, ever thought to talk to them about politics, but here I am being like, vote, everyone needs to vote, you know, da, da, da. <laughs> but uh, a few days, like literally two days before the elections, one of my aunts like texted in our like uh, family thread and it's like, okay, how how is everyone voting? Like, who are we voting for? And I was like, what do you mean who are we voting for? Like, how is that? How is that a question that you're asking right now? <laughs> like, I don't understand. But, um, but the thing is like, I have written them off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, for me, like, I know for me, I'm like, I just don't, they're like this, there's this like blank slate that politics and things are kind of like, a fa- or, the, or the family exists in the vacuum of, po- the vacuum of politics. Right. Um, but here's like 12 people that I personally could influence as well as like as a person and um and I didn't and it like blows my mind that like maybe some of my family members voted in a way that uh is surprising to me um yeah but why is it so hard why is it so hard to talk about politics of family I feel like something that I have had to that I've encountered at least sometimes within my own discussions um with my loved ones is just uh I think like within like you know (laughs) Filipino culture in the sense of like not wanting to disrespect your elderly people Mm. the elderly in your family and how it's seen as like a big deal if you even have like a, a perspective that's different from someone else in your family it's seen as like an affront and it's like are you, are you disagreeing with me? Cause you're saying I'm wrong or like, or that I'm a bad person. And I feel like having to like seeing that and acknowledging that and remembering that, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's a struggle. It's something that I still struggle with when I have conversations within my family and trying to share a perspective that might be different for them and challenging them. And they're not used to being challenged, especially as like, someone who's older because I I feel like I see at least in my family like this hierarchy of like you don't you don't ever disrespect your parents or your or your aunts or your uncles um so that has at least made it a little bit tough for me and I've just tried to be patient with them and also patient with myself when I feel like 
not trying to walk away from a conversation being like, they're awful and I hate them and I'm never going to talk to them again. But also like, it's not my fault if I didn't get to them or get the, get the point across in that one conversation. It's going to yeah. take very many <laughs> conversations. Yeah. 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 It's such a marathon. For sure. Sorry, Ellie, you're going to say something. Oh no. I was just saying that like, I think with, um, especially people who do work like this, like us, um, I think there's we we put so much pressure on, on taking the responsibility to to kind of shift people's perspectives, especially with my parents and and my siblings, because it can be very very frustrating. It's like why don't you why don't you see the world the way the way I see it? Mm-hmm. But again, it's also like having that understanding of that you know like my parents have been seeing the world so so differently for so long their entire lives. So it's not going to take one day. You know, like it's it's like generations of things that have just been passed on. And so what I think is really great about, you know, us, us in this generation is that we have the ability to practice mindfulness and to communicate in a different way where I know for my mom, uh, she speaks with a lot of aggression, but not, you know, coming from a loving place. And she just can be very, very intense. And it's probably because she didn't experience a lot of softness and tenderness and, and you know, wasn't spoken to about serious things in a, in a way that we like to talk about things like this. And so um, I think that it could make a huge difference to sort of even shift a tone, you know, the way that you communicate about things. Um, and, 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 and take, you know, practicing patience, because that's really what it is. Um, I know that can be really hard. And it's like, it's so crucial right now to like, you know, try to get people on board and and, and make a change. Um, but also like, it just it's it's like a two way street, like, you know, like, you know, it's like a give and take, you know, trying to practice patience with your parents and and also try to be respectful it's just not such a hard thing to navigate because they're also like other than the emotional attachment it's also like a lot of ego especially coming from elders it's like you don't teach me are you kidding that's something my mom and dad used to are you trying to teach me right now and it's like no dad i'm not i'm just i'm just telling you how i feel and i think that's also really important too is to like to bring it back and like to hone it in and be like, this is, this is how I'm feeling about this situation right now. Um, and I think it's easier for your parents to understand, you know, you know, like how you feel about something when it's coming from like a very, very real place, as opposed to being like, mom and dad, watch this right now, which also you need, you, you know, you need to show them facts as well. But sometimes like as a start, like to initiate the conversation, I'm just like, you know, this makes me really sad that this is happening because I would never want that to happen to you. And so I think coming from a place of love and, and heart is also can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's all about it's really empathy, right? And empathy is hard when you don't agree with someone, yeah. even if they're your loved one. And, but then it's also having empathy for yourself to be like, yep, this is a marathon that I'm running. And I also have to have empathy for their experience. And the fact that I have the privilege to practice mindfulness. I have the privilege to to be able to step back and and see these things um, because they've just been in survival mode from the for you know that immigrant experience. The, they've been in survival mode the moment they stepped off the plane or the moment they stepped onto the plane, stepped off the plane and landed in this new place. And so for them, it's it's like you know and and the con you know all these constructs of of um, what is it, model minority that every we, you know we feel like we need to to live up to like those those discussions I was having especially with loved ones and my parents especially is like you know that the reason why you feel this way is actually it's so internalized and it's internalized model minority complex like that's the thing is like you feel like you need to be all these things is because you're trying to survive but but what we're trying to come from is that it's it's really you don't that we're still aiding white supremacy when we're still aiding model minority complex. But I also oh, need yeah. to understand that, that you are still learning that, that while you're working to provide for the family, that you, while you're still like trying to do all these things in survival mode, that now you, you know, I have to support you and be and hold you accountable, but also support your journey in realizing that actually you have the power to dismantle those internalized ideologies within yourself 
because because we are we're trying at least we're trying to and it's and it's an it's an uphill battle sometimes you know there are times I realize where I'm like where is this coming from oh yeah I have Mm -hmm. privilege I have this I have that it's like how can I need to also do the internal work myself before I start expecting that from other people because I'm not holier than thou as as a younger generation and then there are people younger than us like I think about my siblings who are in gen z um 18 and 22 and and they're they've been passing the torch already they've gotten the torch already like they they're already doing work like they started the conversations with my parents before I even did because they live under the same roof even that I have the privilege of living away from my parents and and they're you know really at the helm of those conversations as well and so it's 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 like a, it's a collective effort you know it, it, it's realizing it's a collective effort it, it does take empathy within for the other and then for self it's kapwa you know that that term kapwa where it's like seeing yourself in the other it's really trying to to be mindful of yeah Yeah. i mean it's also important to note note that like we're not um entering these conversations like in a neutral way like Mm -hmm. uh again you said it was like a two-way street um where in, in these emotional conversations like things get activated within ourselves too yeah and and like part of that work is is yeah like acknowledging that you are part of like what's driving that sort of like intense dynamic yeah and and one thing that we can do is like personally work on addressing those like um so for me like um I've you know thankfully I have access to therapy, which was, um, I don't know how I would have gotten to this point without it, but like I am now able to enter into a conversation with my parents and still, uh, of course, like things will happen and I will get activated and I'll get emotional and all of these things and traumas and like insecurities and ego of like all of my past is in that conversation with me. And like I am now, because I'm older and wiser, can sort of um uh am aware of being like okay something is being activated but that is not actually what my intention was when I came in when I started this conversation and I think like that one thing that awareness has really helped me be like okay I'm getting really emotional but like mom I love you but this is actually what all I wanted to communicate and I hear you but also being able to draw boundaries, being like, I hear you, but I also feel like we're getting to a place that's like kind of angry and I don't want that for us. Mm-hmm. And I hope you don't want that for us too. It's it's that kind of stuff, which is like such, such advanced like kind of communication skills that like, I don't think I even realized existed <laughs> growing up. Cause like you're kind of taught, right? Like, again, I, you know, you were saying with that hierarchy or like you just, mm-hmm. you agree or you shut up essentially which is like, that's sort of the culture we grew up with, but that's not necessarily the world, like we can still, that's not the world that we want to see anymore, maybe like, yeah, right? So yeah. Right. I think something that really stood out to me is when you talked about like your intention. And I think that it's really important to go into conversations and know what your intentions are. Um, and, you know, one time my friend was talking about how she was having a really difficult conversation with somebody and um, they kind of were going back and forth. They have completely different views. And she just stopped for a second and was like, okay, what do you want out of this conversation? You brought this up. So what do you want out of this conversation? And I think that's also important to clock that it's like, wow, we are going in circles here and there's no progress at all. And to have the ability and awareness to stop and be like, with yourself, what are my intentions and what is the purpose of this conversation? Um, and, you know, like, I think that, that, oh my God, it, it, it helps a lot to be like, what, what, what do I want out of this? So that, mm-hmm. I think that's really important, intentional. Yeah. And I, yeah, I love like what Alia you were saying too, and, and Ellie, what you're saying, intention and recognizing that sometimes our parents maybe, or loved, older loved ones, our elders, maybe coming from their child selves as well. You know, when we talk about these yeah. things and that's something they don't, I don't, I, I can't really say what their experiences are with that, whether they've been in touch with that or not. But like, there's so much power when you recognize that those parts of yourself that are activated and, and going, oh, okay, I know now that like, yeah, that's a really great point to bring up because it's, 
It's so true. I see that with my parents. Because of the work we've done as artists, we're, we're supposed to see these parts in ourselves. So you're, then you're able to kind of see it in others. But then it's like, oh, yeah, they're on their own journey. They're on their own journey. And I have to have hope. I have to have hope. Because yeah. if I don't have hope and I don't have the love in my heart, then, then I'm slowing down the movement too. I have to say, though, like with my parents over the years, like I have to give them props. Like they've, they've really come <laughs> around. Yeah. And it's almost like clockwork now because sometimes like, you know, you know, it'll, it will activate, um, <laughs> you know, anger <laughs> sometimes, but because I, I, I feel like I have more faith in them now. Not, I mean, not that I didn't before, but I think just cause I'm, I'm older now and I see kind of like how they process things. It's like, I know in a day or two, they'll come around and we can have this conversation again and it'll be, mm-hmm. it'll be uh, different. It'll be different and, and more progressive. So they're really trying. I think so. So how can art or an art, you know, like art by us, art by Philippine diaspora, art by young people, help support those conversations. I don't know. Like we're all artists. Like, what do we think? Like, what is our role in that? Like what, <laughs> how can we help those difficult conversations? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, th- I feel like I still ask myself that every day and probably is actually what guides my work. Now that I think about it, it's like, how do I use this thing that I do? How do I use the skill to help, the people that I love, the communities that I love that don't get enough love. <laughs> um, I feel like for me, and especially when I like make my artwork, what a lot of people don't see is that I have to do a lot of like, I have to do a lot of reading. I have to do a lot of the reading from people who have been organizing and have been studying this and have been doing this. And then like, sometimes like, I'm glad to hear that like my work is accessible, but also like considering the privileges that I've had to go to college, to study politics and to study law is like huge. How can I take what I've learned and make it like, okay, this is only accessible to the few. How can I make it so that everyone who should know about it can know about it? Um, So that said, I feel like a lot of like self-preparation and like doing the reading. Like for me as an artist, I need to do the reading first before I start actually making the art that I think people will see or listen to, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of like for us, like with the Tita Collective, a big part of our mandate is, um, uh, is bridging connections. Because like, I think for me anyway, theater and comedy and all of that are, are really good ways for people to develop um, empathy, right? Because you're you're like in someone's shoes in the in, in the time that you're experiencing that. So a big so like our show, Teach It Jokes, is um, it's it's sketch comedy, and the only way comedy works is if it's true and people can relate mm-hmm. to it. But it's also because it's comedy, and we and we and we we do tackle a few difficult points of view you know, like, um, like queerness in the Philippine diaspora, um, you know, like living in being of different worlds or, or yeah, again, like not agreeing with your parents. And then we get people to laugh at it. (laughs) And, And with the hopes that the conversation will continue. But I think at the very least, like what we can hope for, it's like, it's in the back of people's minds. Cause it's, again, it's like, I think it's, I think art gives people um, vocabulary for how they can express, you know, Um, like, for example, like my parents, like I, my mom and I, love you mom, Um, my mom and I um, talk about cultural appropriation often. And my mom grew up, like, my mom has never lived in North America. Uh, so she, so I grew up in Dubai and like it's totally different in Dubai it's kind of like a melting pot and it has its own thing but it like the conversation for, for cultural appropriation is very different there 
you know, and then here. And I have lived here now for a decade. So my understanding of that is also so different. And it's just like, it was such a struggle, but to the point, but, but I got to the point where I'm like, mom, you need to watch the 13th. Like you just need to watch the 13th before we have this conversation. So for one, like I think before younger Alia would have been like, I can't have this conversation with you. But especially after Black Lives Matter, I'm like, okay, this is my, I have to have this conversation with my mom because my mom will listen to me out of anyone, to be honest. I'm her mm -hmm. daughter. Um, yeah. And it helped. Like it helped, you know? So I was like, thank goodness for Ava DuVernay and all of the awesome people who created that work because now it's helping me with um, helping me, helping me access this conversation with my mom in a healthy way. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like it's supporting her. It's like empowering her as well. So I think sometimes we expect everyone to have like that level of knowledge. And 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 there's another thing, right? Like there, again, I think maybe maybe some a little bit of shame or a little bit of like I know I react a certain way where I'm like I don't really know about this topic. I know, um, uh, like I don't know all of like the the history of it. I don't know all the you know but I know I feel this way. And so I just like sort of sink into the feeling mm -hmm. <laughs> in that conversation. I'm like, if I feel this harder, then I will win. But you're not, it's hard to win that way. It's hard to win. Like it's, I, it's not even about winning. It's about like empathy and like sharing a perspective. And I think art is like the best way to do that. And it starts from there too. Like how, how do you feel about, about something? Does it feel good to like, you know, like, how does it feel? Um, I think it's really interesting because there's so many different mediums that you can use and like comedy, sketch comedy and Filipino women isn't the first thing that people put together. So I think that it's really cool and empowering for people to see that like you can learn things through laughter too. Um, the wild thing about it is that I think people have come to watch the show and not really realize that they learned something new, you know? Um, and and that's kind of, I think that's kind of what it's all about. It's like putting, you know, putting experiences on stage and seeing it, you know, happen before your eyes. Because sometimes it's hard to imagine what certain things might feel like if it's not your perspective and it's not your journey and you can't identify with it. So, for instance, like when we do talk about queerness, it's like, oh, yeah, that can make someone feel that way, you know? And you, and you see it in front of you and then we add music to it and like, you know, um, and dancing and it's like, wow, this is really fun. But also this is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's really cool that you can really use so many different art forms to communicate issues. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it starts a conversation. And um, I think with, with comedy and in your artwork, it's like, wow, like it's, it's right there. It's right there in front of you. And you can, it feels almost like it's like tangible and it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a quote I love, Alia, that you shared, I think at the beginning of like this reemergence of BLM, which I, I forget who it was and, and I'll have to look it up again. I wrote it down somewhere, but I don't remember where it was. Oh, no. but it was. It was the one. It was the one where um, it was a it was a black activist, and and she had said um, the job of the artist is to make the revolution irresistible. Yes, and that and that has been like that. I yes, I mm. think about that every day. Yeah, of like what am I and, and like same with what you're saying, Ellie. Before like intention, it's like that really is what we have to do is to is we've been. We've been given, we've been given these gifts by whoever <laughs> to, uh, to 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 make it irresistible, to make this revolution irresistible, and 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 it does take work. It says like, um, I, you know what you're saying. It does take our our work to do the readings, to educate ourselves, and and to um, make sure that we're taking care of ourselves while we're doing that, because you know if we slow down, that's rest is irresistible as well there's that there's that instagram where it says you know rest is is revolutionary because our yeah. bodies have been put to work for so long as well and it's uh, i'm going in so many tangents but no yeah it's definitely. i think that's the exciting part of of being an artist is is that we're excited about it too that's the thing is like we are so excited about about making 
about making art and then moving these movements forward. It's yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So like, <laughs> what like what now? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. What now? What? <laughs> what now? What now? The world is the world. I mean, the world is in such a weird place. Obviously, creating art actually, I think a lot of people are realizing that uh, creativity is actually very healing, which is amazing and i'm excited to see uh where the world goes from here but like yeah i personally i'm like just overwhelmed i think about all of the ways that i can go moving forward and I, i'm wondering how are you as artists as filipina artists as activists like what what now what are you working on <laughs> what do you want to do <laughs> yeah. where, do no, right? <laughs> where do we go <laughs> I feel like I know I feel like I can see the world I want but I'm like when it comes like I can see I'm at point A I can see point B but I'm like I don't know how to get I don't I, know yeah. yeah I really liked like Alia what you said about like how art is a way to connect with people because that's at least the first thing that comes to mind like what do we do now how do we connect with people so that they feel enthused and believe that they can win liberation or that revolution is resistible is irresistible like it's kind of funny that it's like we need to make you know like revolution irresistible it's like isn't liberation already irresistible like don't we all want to be free hello like <laughs> yeah you know and um yeah i feel like the, uh, organizing has been so important to me not only because of like the work on the ground that needs to be done and like the mutual aid work that has to be done to make sure that people aren't are being supported it also provides me with a community to know that there are people who believe in the same things that i do so i feel like step one is just like finding your people who are doing the work already I'm like how can i learn from you like because i don't know everything i'm still learning every day and there's so much to learn um but it, the at the very least, like, I believe that having a community is like the lays the groundwork for you to hold empathy for yourself and empathy for other people who are still learning and also bring more people into the fold. Mm -hmm. ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Belinda, Ellie. yeah. What <laughs> now, Belinda Ellie? I don't, I don't really know. I, I, <laughs> and I think yeah. that's okay. Um, it's like, these conversations you know like having conversations like this um this is kind of the stuff that I want to do because I don't I don't I don't know it's it's a different world like I you know we can't be on stage that's ideally what we would like to do is to be on stage um and I think just through conversation is kind of like where you discover new ways to like express yourself too like this is the stuff that's kind of giving me life me and my friend decided that we were going to do another podcast too and really we just like don't know what it's about <laughs> but we just want to talk about stuff um but I think that it's important to continue a conversation it doesn't matter what it is just as long as we're talking and communicating with each other with, with each other just as like what you were saying Irina, like it's so important to have that community because sometimes you think that you can just fucking do it on your own I always am like that especially that's like me you know being this like this this woman who's like i can do it all i can do it all on my own but sometimes you just you, you need you need your people and it's important to find your people and also really important to find like who you want to share your energy with because oh gosh oh, i'm trying yeah. to preserve i'm trying to preserve as much energy as i can so like i think getting older i'm learning how to um be very selective about that um and you know practice boundaries as well so i don't know it's 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 a, such a freaking weird time yep yeah mm -hmm. and i've been uh, i've been journaling a lot <laughs> yeah a lot i've been yeah. journaling a lot uh, and, and so it's like um just really like having a conversation with other people and having conversations with yourself because that's the that's the hardest shit honestly because mm -hmm. in the winter time you have no choice in the winter time in the winter time and in a pandemic it's like you have to sit with yourself 
and have these awkward conversations with yourself and acknowledge some of the things that you need to, you know, unlearn too. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what it's about. It's like having a willingness to grow. When I was 20, I thought I knew it all. I thought I knew it all. I was like, I have all the knowledge I need. No one can teach me shit. I just know it all. But the older I get, the more I'm like, wow, I actually I don't know that much. And that's okay. I don't know shit. I don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah. shit. I'm 29 and I don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it's like, I think that is, um, that, that's a realization that I'm having is like at 29, maturity is acknowledging that you don't know shit. Bless. And you can learn yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Bless. Oh, learn yeah. More. Right. No, Bef- before we get too far away and then I'll, I'll like, I want to ask about journaling because in my brain, like I know, and there are scientific studies that say <laughs> that journaling is good for you, but it's just like, how do you keep at it? Like, I just can't. I always, I'm like, okay, okay, Ali, I like, you're going to get an iPad now. <laughs> you're going to make journaling irresistible. And I just, I can't do it. There's something about like writing about my day that feels like really, even though it's on a page, feels very weird and vulnerable. Like, how do you, what is your secret, Ali Posadas? I think it's just a brain dump because before when I used to, I think it also is just being like an artist and kind of a perfectionist. I want everything to sound beautiful and poetic and musical and dramatic. The reality is, is I'm dramatic no matter what. So it's <laughs> dramatic, right? But I think the, the what's, what's, um, what's working for me is to not have any ego or judgment with yourself because some a couple days ago I was reading some entries I'm like girl what is going on with you (laughs) what is going on relax calm down but it's also funny you know like because the purpose is that it's like no one else is reading this and so I I realized just in 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 like wanting to this kind of almost like an addiction of like wanting to write now is like wow I have so much to say but the reason why I, I wasn't able to do that is because I am not nice to myself mm. and I judge so many of my feelings. And the point is, is when you journal, it's for yourself. No one's going to read that shit. I mean, mm. if you want to put it out there, then you, I, you know what, it'd be a pretty good play, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Here I am. But like, I love that. But like, it's kind of just like saying, saying what you want to say and not having, placing any judgment on that. Um, just like, you know, when you see your therapist, like that's, she kind of asked this, I'm kind of veering off, but I'm just going to say this thought. Um, she was like, do you, do you have, do you feel like you, you have to fulfill this, uh, this image of being like a good person with me? I was like, yeah, I do. I want to be, I want to come off as someone who is healed always. But the reality is, is that there's always healing to be done. And she's like, you, oh, you, mm-hmm. you have to practice. Oh my God, this is so important, you guys. You no, have it is, to practice. Yeah. You have to be practice being a flawed human being. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, what? Yes, I do have to practice that because I'm never going to be perfect. Um, and so that that really like that really spoke to me. And so she's like, when we when we have our therapy sessions or when you journal something, don't worry about who's judging you because those are real things. So I think that works. And also I've been writing in cursive writing. I, I, I gave up on trying to make my journal look pretty. <laughs> so it's just like a brain dump is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Belinda, you journal too, right? Yeah. I, I, like every now and then. And I think for me, it's like, it's that same thing, right? Like I, it, all of this just made me think about like a, what an acting teacher told the class, which was like really liberating where it's like dare to be, dare to have humility. Mm. like dare to have humility because it's like it's not about you at the end of the day like you're there as the vessel you're there as as like this is going into acting but like even just in terms of of like what we're talking about and it's just like yeah all this like it's important like this is for me but at the end of the day it's like it's also for all the parts of me that that I'm not paying attention to Mm. and Mm -hmm. and it's for all the parts of me that like that just wants to feel the wholeness. Um, another acting teacher that I've been working with right now has been so great. She's like, you know, when you're leading in your life, it's like, it's like, are you leading from, and we've mentioned this before, like various times, are you leading from your child self? What parts are activated? And do you, uh, and, and here, like the part of healing, which is nonlinear, it's going to have hills and valleys and, and all the, and, and all the 
stuff that comes with it. I was like, do I swear? All the shit that comes with it is yes. like, it's, you know, it's like, it, it's making sure you, you, you still know that you have your capital S, capital S self who can hold all those parts. That is the part that is quote, not even quote unquote healed. That's just the part that's always there. That's you. That's who you are. That's you are the one holding these parts of yourself because we have the privilege now that we are still living, we're healthy and that we ha- we can hold these parts. And I'm going off in more tangents now. I can feel that that part of myself that just wants to go off in tangents. But uh, yeah, I think going back to the question, I think, yeah, it's all about being present, being present with what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that's when we're, when we're really listening, like deeply listening to what's happening in the world, that's when we know how to act. Or that's when we know when to be like, I don't know how to act. And that's okay too. Cause that's like, I also don't have all the answers and there's liberation and not knowing all the answers too. There's liberation and knowing that like, yeah, I'm like a, I'm a forever student and that's okay. I'm forever learning. I'm forever imperfect. I'm forever flawed. And and I wouldn't want it any other way as well. It's like making peace with that. I don't, I don't want it any other way. Cause if, if I'm a, if I'm perfect, then I'm a robot Mm -hmm. and I can't think for myself. I can't think for myself and I'd rather be scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I want to be, I don't want to be a computer. I want to be a human, you know? So, and that's what it is. It's like the world is going to survive past us anyway. So all we can do is be in the present, you know? Yeah. That's what the pandemic has taught me for sure. (laughs) It's like, that's all I can do. Cause tomorrow I could get this virus and I don't even know, you know, it's like, I just, I have to just be present. I hope not either. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? That's the world we live in. I'm kind of like, like for me, like, everything that everyone has just said like in terms of like taking care of all these cells these parts of you that all of the parts of you so that you can heal like when i talk when i think about art and sort of like what i actually want to achieve in the world that i want to see and how i get there like getting from point a to point b one of the things um that i really really struggled with and i really really struggled with like uh, like journaling or even just putting anything out there is that i realized that a part like a part of me is really like has this huge doubt in my ability to to like one really like understand the world around me (laughs) I don't know what I think there's so many parts of that right like there's um you know being a woman of color being a Filipina you know you get to a point where you're kind of like in all the gaslighting that sometimes happens right you get to the point where I'm like am I really seeing or reacting to like the world as it is or is it just me who's kind of like incorrect about it you know like um and so so this kind of created like this doubt and 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 just really in terms of like artistic voice it was a it was really like a barrier to that Mm -hmm. and so like uh prioritizing healing and going to therapy and like really like taking care of that ego and like um but I just cannot like uh state like overstate like how difficult that work has been and it's so hard because it's not work that's like tangible like you can't you know what I mean it's just things that you literally could do this work sitting down or maybe like sitting down and just like thinking (laughs) meditating you know what I mean you just have to get there and no one no one tells you that that's the kind of work you need to do to have like this voice and feel confident and then taking this thing that you're you you think putting it in artwork for the world to see mm-hmm. is like so whoa <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? so vulnerable, yeah. <laughs> it's like so vulnerable and scary and like for me like because we're kind of in our bubbles right now like that's the work that I'm doing and writing and all of that is working but I just I don't know. I don't know who out there needs to hear this, but I'm like, I see you. It's hard. It is hard to do that. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, but it's also important because your voice matters. Like, you know, yeah, voice matters. So. Yeah. 
valid. It's valid. It's valid. It's true. (laughs) Hey, it's taken me, I've been in a writer's block for so long too. Like aside from the journaling, like I hear that. It's like, I always have to be, it's like dare to be gentle to ourselves, right? Because I I have that doubt too. That inner critic is loud. It is. I feel like that's, that's like, I don't want to call it a curse, but that's just like what also comes with being an artist is always that like very fierce inner critic that only wants to be there to really protect us at the end of the day to be like, hey, like, are you doing your job or whatever? But it's also like, quiet down. It's okay. Like, Can rest is revolutionary. Being a little nicer? Yeah. yeah. Being, like being gentle <laughs> and kind to yourself is revolutionary too. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that was never taught that, you know, and it's like, yeah yeah there's like so many things like yeah Yeah. that we take on you know it's like this being an artist in addition to normal like you know like family Mm -hmm. uh what you're eating tomorrow I don't know know. money (laughs) um you know relationships and stuff like that it's like all this stuff and then winter is coming and then, yeah oh my gosh politics and all this stuff it's yeah. like we have to like check in ah yeah, yeah. check in yeah but I you know like so do you I don't know like do you to us obviously like decolonial black luck and like looking at your website and like you're just like so cool and awesome like like but like how do you do it like I obviously like we all put up sort of you know like this is who we want the world to see but like what's what's the background a little bit like is it like does is it the same like do you feel the same as me oh 110 <laughs> percent i am like ellie i love what you said about practicing being a flawed human being i i mean therapy has been i i say this all the time and i sincerely mean it that going to therapy has helped me help me in this work in organizing i feel like because i always mess up i'm always learning something new there's always someone who knows more than i do and also sometimes like i need to check my ego sometimes and it's like Mm -hmm. i you know like dial it down you're not the queen of the world like get Mm -hmm. off um i still watch magic school buzz (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like yeah just i think one of the things that my former therapist who i love dearly um has always just like reminded me that it's like I get to be my whole self and that includes my flaws and that the right people are gonna be around me no matter what Mm -hmm. um and also one of the things that she's also taught me which I like is that there are some voices like you know like Belinda what you mentioned about like you know the inner critic also being able to decipher like which inner critic is starting is trying to protect me and which one is actually from patriarchy or from Mm -hmm. you know like racism and I get to say like actually you get out like you know this voice right here yes not mine not mine I'm pushing this out that's an entity (laughs) yeah so like yeah but I don't know I struggle all the time so (laughs) I'm very flattered that people think I'm cool for whatever reason because like on the inside I'm always screaming and I'm just like ah (laughs) you know like um yeah I mean like also just like going back into the journaling (laughs) like oh my god I so I go through phases where at some points in my life, I will journal so much like pages and it'll be like a whole thing. Like I'll read back and it's like, I literally have a whole narration to myself. I'm whole just talking to myself. And like recently I haven't been able to journal a lot. Cause I think I'm just, I've just been so anxious, but I forced myself to write a journal the other day. And my therapist always like encouraged me, like, even if it's one line, just do it. The last line I wrote was just like, I'm here to write today because I think I should and I feel okay. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's like one line. Yes. That's but literally even, every journal <laughs> entry of mine. <laughs> yeah, it's just like and I feel like my therapist has also taught like taught me oh I love her so much. Um 
is like sometimes even just give yourself credit for showing up. You wrote something that day. And even if it wasn't like 500 pages of beautiful language, the fact that like you held a promise to yourself, I want to try this and I'm going to do this today. Even if it's just like, I guess I should write something today, question mark, bye, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so just like, I don't know. I think I really love that. Ellie, what you said about like or your therapist saying practice being a flawed human being because I think that has actually been something that I have been practicing even with decolonial black locks because mm -hmm. every time I post something I'm like that I like every post I've ever made there's something I wish I changed I'm always mm -hmm. like this isn't enough I hate this I don't mm -hmm. like this I don't think this is clear oh no I messed up but it's just like sometimes I just have to put it into the world and yeah. then what happened when I put things into the world, like now 30,000 people follow me. Yeah. So it's, it's wild. But yeah, so to answer your question, I am a messy human, regular being who watches Magic School Bus. <laughs> yeah. Again, that just made you so much, oh, much cooler. cooler. Like, oh, I'm like God. extra <laughs> intuitive now. That brings us to the end of this episode. Um, close to, <laughs> <laughs> because we're at time, but like, maybe we can go around and just sort of like, um, share maybe like last thoughts or takeaways or I don't know, recipes. I don't know. <laughs> it's your space. Do with, do with it what you want. <laughs> oh my Strip God. away expectations. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a big thing. I think it's always, I feel like that's the big lesson of my life all the time. It's like, what, what, what am I expecting? And then, like, because it's so internalized, because, like, from immigrant parents, too, who are like, we came here to this country for this reason. And there's that whole big expectation. But that at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I just got to strip away the expectation. And just sometimes I just want to watch Mag Magic School Bus, too. You know, like, that's what it is. You know, that's okay, too. That's valid. It's all valid. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, go on. No, no, please. <laughs> I would love you, too. <laughs> say like to add context to why I'm watching magic school bus <laughs> it's actually kind of like my form of self-care right now like yeah you know I I rem like something I always remind myself is that like I won't be able to do the work I care about if I don't first take care of myself because where is my energy gonna come from so sometimes it means I got to watch magic school bus to, you know, take me back to a time where things felt easier or comforting, or even just like learning about like water molecules. That's dope. Whoa. Like something I forgot about, you know? Um, and also just like finding community, I think, and connecting with people like being here right now and being able to see all of you and meet and talk to you is like, one like these this is probably the cool like one of the cool opportunities of having like the colonial bullock walk is that i've been able to meet people from all over the world literally um and i think like in this time in this moment finding your community and finding people who share like in your values is important to your healing and is also important to this work so mm -hmm. keep connecting be kind to each other and watch magic school bus <laughs> yes. and and magic school school bus is so accessible again we're talking about like you know i can watch it and be like oh yeah i understand now it is <laughs> so good it's actually so good as an adult now i'm like this was yes. i'm glad i watched this as a kid <laughs> yeah, exactly um i want to say that um it's okay to not be good all the time um i'm still trying to practice that like there will be days where I like have such a good day and in a matter of like um, a minute, I'm like, wow, I'm sad again. But also that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. It's just going through the motions. And again, like going back to you talking about community, Aina, is like, don't be afraid to reach out to those people and, and, and talk about your anxieties and and know that your anxieties are sometimes there to help you and protect you and those are okay too and to accept your own anxieties and then find people who will accept your anxieties too um but you know it's it's okay not to be good um every day and also just to to be kind to yourself because really like you can't 
there's no way. There's no way that you can continue on if you're not. You only have you at the end of the day. So you might as well treat her, him, them with kindness. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it, like everything everyone's just said is like it's all of it's the stew of everything that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> and I also like feel really hopeful and I'm like grateful that I feel hopeful, you know, and, and, and I have my community for that. And uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. My main thing is like I'm glad that I feel hopeful, and I'm so yeah. I'm so grateful to have to to have been able to be a part of this conversation with you, Aina, and like I'm so excited for for the rest of what's gonna come. Like I don't know, like <laughs> what's up next for Decolonial Bullock Lock, and yeah, uh, and and yeah, yeah. So I'm just grateful for this conversation for community. It's just a reminder that like you like we are best when we are together right so yeah. wow how beautiful is this i love Honestly, that oh man, i was like whoa <laughs> it's beautiful yeah and uh the u.s vice president is a woman ah! mm-hmm. amazing you know yes. like yeah bless what a great day <laughs> today yeah. was gold so i you know like why don't you um where can people find you where can people find your work um and what what are you up to next yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Decolonial Bulaklak, which for folks who might not know, Bulaklak means flower in Tagalog. Um, and my website is also on my Instagram, but it's decolonialbulaklak.com. I'm actually like on like a brief like month hiatus, just like, you know, resting, practicing, just like mm-hmm. taking care of myself. But otherwise, you know, like, you know, I'll be back to posting things, especially like, even though like, it is a relief to know that, you know, this 45 president hopefully has come to an end, but the work still continues afterwards, mm-hmm. especially even still under Biden and Harris. Absolutely. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. This was, yeah, yeah this was yeah. wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Salama. Thank Salama. And that was another episode of the Tita Collective Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the Tita Collective Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, don't forget to follow your favorite titas online. You can find us on Instagram at tita.collective, on our website, titacollective.com, where you can buy some awesome Tita Power merch. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.